Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So Ron Johnson got to hang out with Elon Musk. How cool is that? It was just in space, though, right? No, they weren't <laughs> floating up in a SpaceX rocket. They were down here on Earth doing a live chat with some other senators on X Spaces. Musk's latest iteration of his social media site, X, Johnson and Musk took turns insisting Russian President Vladimir Putin won't be defeated in Ukraine. They also opposed $61 billion in military support that the U.S. Senate subsequently approved the next day. It's like they're scared to stand up to Russia almost because Trump has been a little bit cozy with Vladimir Putin. Well, let's talk about it on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hans, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the opinion editor at the State Journal. I'm Phil Hans. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are two-fifths of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more foreign policy-minded two-fifths. So Elon Musk and Ron Johnson, these guys are not exactly two peas in a pod. Elon's sort of an international man of intrigue. He's filthy rich and has that elegant British accent, and Ron Johnson's from Wisconsin. But they both have some kooky conspiracy ideas. And they both are adamantly opposed to further military support for Ukraine. And while the Senate bill enjoyed some bipartisan support, its fate in the House is in question. Here's Ron Johnson, Rojo, telling Musk that Ukraine can't win. Vladimir Putin will not lose. Losing to Vladimir Putin is existential to Vladimir Putin. They are, Russia has exactly. four times the population. They have a much larger industrial base. Again, I said Russia can produce 4.5 million of those shells a year. We're not even up to a million a year. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier right now is 43 years old. If you're worried about the people of Ukraine, you have to understand that probably about 100,000 of their soldiers have been killed. Has there been about 100,000 Russian conscripts? I take no joy in that. 40,000 civilians, hundreds of billions of dollars of Ukraine has been destroyed. The only way this war ends is in a settlement. And every day that the war goes on, more Ukrainians, more Russian conscripts die, more civilians die, more of Ukraine gets destroyed, they'll have to be built. So again, sending $60 billion as added fuel to the flames of a bloody stalemate makes no sense whatsoever as evil a war criminal as Putin is, he's not going to lose this war. And our colleagues here just aren't willing to accept that reality. And they're living in a fantasy world, thinking that Ukraine can win this thing. They can't. That's a pretty bold statement that Ukraine can't win this war and that Putin's not going to lose it. And Elon, the electric car making, space traveling, social media magnet, immediately agreed. That's exactly right. I think that that, that, that is an excellent summary of the situation. You know, when I've raised this, this point, people have, of course, accused me of being some sort of Putin apologist, um, when, when in fact, um, my companies have probably done more to make, I mean, 
<laughs> undermine Russia than any, than anything. Um, I mean, Sp SpaceX is, has taken away two thirds of the Russian launch business. Um, the Starlink has uh, overwhelmingly helped uh, Ukraine. Um, I, I, <laughs> you, I mean, it's, it's such an absurd uh, accusation. My concern is exactly what you articulated. Um, if you have an, an extended war of attrition, every day that goes by, there are Ukrainian boys that are, and not even boys anymore, because they're running out of boys. Um, that that you're, you're losing, Ukraine is losing people every day. And if, you, if you're going to spend lives, it must be for a purpose. Uh, and not not just, uh, you know, a, a mile here, a mile there. In fact, a mile ba back and forth. The lines aren't moving. So just every day, people die. For what purpose? And and as you said, there is no way in hell that, that Putin is, is going to lose. If, if, if he were to back off, he would be assassinated. Um, and for those who want regime change in Russia, they should think about who is the person that could take out Putin? And is that person likely to be a peacenik? Probably not. They're probably going to be even hard, even more hardcore than Putin if they took him out. These guys are giving up, I guess. If you don't give them weapons, the lines aren't going to stay where they are. They'll come further into Ukraine, which is what Putin wanted to do. And I'm no expert in that region or the war, but certainly nobody thought Ukraine could get this far. No. And now that Ukraine is in something of a stalemate with Russia, I don't think giving up on Ukraine will do anything but hand the victory to Russia. Yeah, I mean, it might be impossible for Ukraine to push the Russian forces back and reclaim their initial borders that they had prior to the invasion in 2022 or the annexation of Crimea in 2014. But that doesn't mean that Putin can win. This can end up in a, in a negotiated stalemate. If we send more munitions to Ukraine, they can degrade the Russian military forces more. To get to their point about regime change, the way regime change happens in Russia is because the people are tired of their sons dying in this meaningless war in Ukraine that Russia started. And a popular revolution, there are lots of figures in Russia now who are gaining support from people who want a more liberal Western focus to their country. Putin's weakened by this, and we can't give up while he's weakened. It seems like we're just kind of giving it away to him. Lots of terrible things are happening in Ukraine, and war is terrible. What a lot of people don't acknowledge is that in foreign policy, it seems to me, there are lots of situations, no matter what you do, bad things are going to happen. Yes. So, okay, lots of Ukraine is being decimated. Lots of the young people are dying. Well, they want to fight. Russia, it appears. They don't want to live under Putin's regime. So if we just throw in the towel and don't give them any help, Russia will just march in like they did before. This is Russia right on the doorstep of Europe. It is. And just for bang for your buck for foreign policy spending, for military spending, I mean, the Russian military has been embarrassed and degraded by these brave Ukrainians. We're spending pennies on the dollar in terms of what it would cost for our military to degrade Russia. Ukrainians are doing the hard work here, and they're just asking for a little bit of support. And we get the benefit of basically embarrassing and degrading and weakening our one of our biggest enemies in the world, which is Russia. And we probably can't 
degrade them directly without starting a nuclear war and destroying everything. So this does seem like a much better strategy than the U.S. getting directly involved. And it does sound sort of cold. I mean, they're talking, they're very emotional talking about all these young men dying in Ukraine and Russia. And that is sad to see these young lives wasted. But I have a hard time believing Ron Johnson's really that concerned about all young Ukrainian men. Keep in mind that 22 Republican senators joined 48 Democrats, though not Bernie Sanders. Bernie is on Rojo's side. In supporting the $61 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, $5 billion for the Taiwanese, and $9 billion for humanitarian aid to Gaza, the West Bank, and Ukraine. Johnson is definitely one of the Republicans who is increasingly critical of Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate. He, on his own, using his own authority, without telling the conference, even though he knew the the conference supported tying border security or Ukraine funding to actually securing the border, McConnell just took that off the table. And that moment of leverage we had, where we could use Biden's desire for Ukraine funding to actually force him to use his executive authority to secure the border has been lost. And that is why so many of us are speaking out against McConnell. It was such a breach of his, of his leadership position and is such a, you know, just a horrible thing to do to Americans who want to secure border. But that's, that's where we're at. So now the action moves to the House. And I've been talking to the Speaker and to, to uh Chairman Jordan, we need the House to step up the plate and say that, no, you're not going to get any funding for Ukraine until we secure our border. They've got to stand strong. And most most of the messaging now has most of public pressure has to be directed toward the House. Isn't that just what happened? Didn't wasn't there a bipartisan deal to secure the border in exchange for Ukraine funding that Republicans just killed? Yeah, it seems like they're arguing against anything here because Trump doesn't want anything to happen. From the Republicans' perspective, or at least Ron Johnson's perspective, he says Biden wants to keep this going past the election so he doesn't have to admit some sort of defeat. But clearly, Ron Johnson is playing to Trump here in not wanting anything to happen that can help Ukraine and not wanting anything to happen at the border. He didn't want anything to happen that Biden could take some credit for. It's really just all sick politics. They had this border deal. Senator Lankford, who negotiated this deal, is no liberal. He's a very conservative Senate Republican who negotiated a deal, got a bunch of concessions from Democrats so that Democrats could get some funding for Ukraine, do some things at the border, which a lot of Democrats are agreeing is a problem. But it wasn't good enough. It wasn't pure enough for Republicans like Ron Johnson. But the real reason was because Trump wants to run on the border. He wants the border to be unsolved and chaotic for the next nine months before he gets elected president. Ron Johnson brought up that he was at President Zelensky's inauguration and makes a point that at that time, Ron Johnson says, Zelensky wanted a peace agreement. Zelensky wanted to do a peace agreement with Putin. This was when Putin already illegally annexed Crimea and was in firm control of eastern Ukraine. He knew at the time there was no way he was going to dislodge Putin. He knew it wouldn't be popular, but he wanted to do a peace agreement. His position's even worse right now. So I I just point that out, that Zelensky wanted peace. I don't think, again, I think it's just tragic that the U.S. is using Ukraine as the pawns in their proxy war with Russia, and Ukraine is being destroyed as a result of that. 
we didn't start the proxy war. Yeah, he's ignoring that Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. If that's right, and Zelensky wanted some kind of peace deal with Russia, that was over eastern Ukraine, which Russia already had. But then they invaded and tried to take over the whole country. Well, that changes things. And I don't know why that peace deal that supposedly Zelensky wanted fell through. Johnson doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. But Donald Trump was president during that period of time. It wasn't under Biden's watch where Zelensky was elected president. Any Ron Johnson interview, of course, would be incomplete without dissing COVID and vaccines. Oh, that's right. So yes, somehow we somehow we got from aid to Ukraine to vaccine harm. Conspiracy. So he, he launched into that. I'll use COVID as an example. Uh, nobody wants to admit what, what a miserable failure our response was to COVID. No, nobody wants to admit that the vaccines that they pushed on their constituents, that they did videos recommending might have killed some of their constituents. And the same dynamic is occurring here with Ukraine. Nobody wants to admit that we completely wasted over $110 billion. So the way you don't have to admit failure is you keep pushing more money, pretending that it's a success. So again, I think it's just that basic human tendency. Nobody wants to admit they were wrong. And again, one of the ways you do it is just doing this, keep doing the same thing over and over again and hope nobody really calls you on it. Do you mean those Evil vaccines that were developed by President Trump with Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, somebody's not admitting that vaccines actually helped us. He's still stuck on vaccines killing people. I had all the vaccines and COVID was no big deal. It's just dangerous that he's doing this. Wisconsin deserves so much better than this lunatic who's spreading these mistruths and half-truths about medicine that's saved hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people's lives. How many more millions of deaths will we have had from COVID without the vaccine? It's just ridiculous. He's talking about this $100 billion as if it was wasted on Ukraine. If we hadn't backed up Ukraine along with Europe, there'd be no Ukraine. I don't know why that I mean, was wasted. Russia would have a puppet leader in Kiev. For $100 billion, we horribly damaged the Russian military complex. Tanks destroyed, planes destroyed, tragically hundreds of thousands of young men killed, the military degraded completely in Russia, embarrassed on the world stage for $100 billion. Do you know how much it costs to wage a war? At the end, Ron Johnson actually used figures that I sometimes use, which is, the United States is spending so much on its military. I mean, back when, when Obama was president, Ron Johnson was saying that the military had just been decimated. Oh, yeah, decimated. Absolutely. And then we brought up, hey, we spend as much as the next 10 countries combined on the military. Well, he just brings that up now because he's his position now is we're wasting money on the military, which is different than it used to be. Yeah. Let's go back to uh, Elon's idiot index. And let, let me quote some figures yeah. from uh, Statistica. <laughs> for 2022 defense spending. So the U.S. spent $877 billion, China $292 billion. The next 13 countries combined $673 billion, less than the U.S. did in total. So how, how well are we spending that to produce a military uh, industrial complex? You know, how, how effective are we? What, what, what are we spending the money on? And you know, my my final point here, too, is is retrospectively going back and taking a look at all these foreign entanglements. You know, 58,000 Americans dead in Vietnam because the domino effect, right? If, if you don't stop them there, they're going to take over the world. 
Um, 58,000 Americans. I was just recently in Hanoi. What wonderful people. We never should have bombed Vietnam. What came of Afghanistan, of Iraq? What's Again, the proxy war is destroying Ukraine. This isn't for the benefit of the Ukrainian people. They are being destroyed in this process. So we as Americans, you know, listen, we are the good guys. I, I have no doubt about that. But we are far from perfect. And what we don't do, we don't do oversight, but we don't res- retrospectively take a look at what our actions actually resulted in because we really don't want to own up to the reality of that situation. That no good peacenik hippie. Oh, my God. It is interesting that a certain segment of the Republican Party, rather than sort of muscular foreign policy, are really all in on the Trump America first, which is stay out of the world stage, worry about our own, and don't worry about democracies abroad. Did Trump ever reduce a dollar of military spending in his four years in office? No, the Republican Party position to this day is we need to spend more. Biden never wants to spend enough for them. Yeah, I would. But he talks it the other way here. Yeah, I would love to see a world where our military budget was less than 13 countries combined or whatever it is. It's ridiculous how much we spend on the military. There's undoubtedly enough money in the military. (laughs) But I don't think, I mean, Ukraine's a drop in the bucket. I mean, our budget is $880 billion a year we're spending on the military. And we've sent Ukraine less than $100 billion in the last three years. It is a drop in the bucket. It is interesting that the that the far right, to some degree now, is agreeing with the far left. This happened in around World War One too, where there were some who didn't want to get involved. Come World War Two, those were really bad, horrible wars. But not being involved in World War Two would have made the world a much worse place yeah. for for everyone. I think so, and I, that's the theory here. And it's not like there's necessarily you do one thing and everything works out great you do or if you do something else it works out terribly this is messy and it's not perfect but america needs to defend its allies and that's something that both schumer mcconnell and biden all agree on yeah most of the senate johnson basically criticized the war in vietnam which most americans agree was a failure the war in iraq which which most americans agree didn't work out very well now but was it had broad Republican support at the time, probably from Johnson as well. And Afghanistan, which I think most Americans agreed we should have gotten in there in the first place, and Iraq was a distraction from that. But, you know, when, when I, Ukraine was invaded, everyone, everyone wanted us to s- help Ukraine in whatever way you could. It shows how much the, the Republican Party has changed. and our, our parties are being realigned where they are taking talking points from the left and, and really resonating with a lot of their base with this America first, get out of foreign wars, criticize, criticize the industrial com- military industrial complex. All of those things used to be things that the only left said. And now the Republicans are using those talking points. It does look like this bill will not get through the House. Speaker Mike Johnson says that he's not going to take it up for a vote. If the Democrats could get some Republicans to go with them, maybe they could somehow get it to the floor. If it got to the floor, it probably would have the votes to pass. Yeah, if, it ever, if there was ever a chance to vote on it, there's enough Republicans who care about democracy in the world. And there's enough Democrats who want to support Ukraine, even though some Democrats don't like the funding for Israel necessarily. There's more people in Congress that want this to pass than don't want it to pass. Given all the support in the Senate for it, uh, way more than the 60 you needed to stop a filibuster. They got 70 votes. Maybe this does somehow push the House to some sort of funding, 
Maybe it's not as much. Maybe they go back to putting in some border money. Or maybe nothing happens, and that would be too bad. It's okay if Belgium wants to be Belgium first or if you know Latvia wants to be Latvia first and not get involved in other people's issues. But America is the most powerful, important country in the world. We are generally a force for good. We've not that we've always not that we haven't made mistakes, but we are a force for good. And we can't just back off the world stage and get insular and only care about what's going on within our borders. We are really important. And Ron Johnson's comparison to Vietnam, of course, there's a huge difference, which is we sent troops into Vietnam and they died. What we're doing here is funding our allies to fight for themselves so we don't have to go in either to Ukraine or to Poland or Latvia or now that NATO's expanded, Sweden. You know that Poland actually spends a higher percentage of its GDP on defense than the U.S. does? Not more money, but I mean, they have a, they actually spend more than we do on defense because they're so close to Russia and they're terrified about Putin's actions going forward. And they've been invaded before. Poland's (laughs) been invaded once or twice in the past. Ron Johnson's pose here is that it's wasteful and it's not going to work. But I don't think the United States sitting on its hands is going to improve the situation. We can't let Putin win this one. We have to support the Ukrainians as long as they want to fight. If the Ukrainians don't want to fight, that's, I mean, that's, that's one thing. That's something else. But it sounds like Ukraine is still in the, really invested in defending their borders and not being a puppet regime of Vladimir Putin. And so we should do what we can to help them. And it does seem like Europe is very serious about helping them too. I believe they're talking about 50 some billion now. So it's not like we're the only ones paying the tab here. It's hard for us editorial cartoonists out there because it's really fun to make fun of respectable, boring people like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden and have them do do ridiculous things and say ridiculous things in cartoons. But then you got people like Ron Johnson and Donald Trump and the stuff that they do and the stuff that comes out of your out of their mouths is like beyond the pale of what a cartoonist could even think about. I mean, they, they sort of t- put me out of a job. These guys. Our theme music is by the mighty Tube Tester. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.